Welcome to the Smart Tech Check Podcast, hosted by Mark Vina, your home for candid, insightful, and provocative conversations about the smart home, home automation, security, smartphones, PC and console gaming, and much more. Hi, my name is Mark Vina, host of the Smart Tech Check Podcast. Today is Friday, December 15th, 2022. The importance of dependable, robust, and secure wireless connectivity in our homes and workplaces is undisputable. If people didn't know how important connectivity was before the pandemic, they certainly know now. One company that is doing terrific work in the connectivity area is Calix, a communications company that provides broadband service providers, otherwise known as BSPs, with the tools and capabilities they need to make sure homeowners and small businesses don't have to become mini CIOs to optimize their wireless experience. On a broader level, Calix software and cloud platforms enable BSPs of all types and sizes to innovate and transform. Calix customers utilize the real-time data and insights from Calix platforms to simplify their customers' businesses and deliver experiences that excite uh, their subscribers. The resulting growth in subscriber acquisition, loyalty, and revenue creates more value for their businesses and communities. Put simply, Calix's mission is to enable broadband service providers of all sizes to simplify, excite, and grow. Joining me for today's podcast and to discuss some interesting research that Calix recently pulled together that guides their company's engagements with BSPs is Naylor Gray, Calix's AVP of Brand and Content Management. Naylor, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mark. Glad to be here. I am so happy to have you here. This is a very exciting topic to talk about. You guys are doing some really great work. Um, let me bring up some slides here because I want—I uh, really want to walk uh, walk the the, uh, the audience through a really great um, piece of research that I haven't really seen from a lot of my clients in a long time. But let me bring up some slides. And before we, and as I'm doing that, um, I want to talk a little bit about your background because I always find that to be very very helpful. Um, frankly, when we before we get into a um, into the podcast itself, so let me let you take it away. Thank you. So just a little bit about myself. I've been with uh, with Calix for the last two and a half years. Uh, prior to that, I was in a, a digital marketing agency uh, where I worked inside the industry and outside the industry, uh, primarily on uh, marketing related projects. And at heart, I think I'm a, a marketing technologist. Uh, my first sort of real lasting job was at Frost & Sullivan running a global marketing team. Uh, I'm also a graduate of University of Texas at Austin, so go Longhorns. And, uh, and Mark, I think the most unique qualification that I have to this role is a qualification that you and I both share, and we are both subscribers of internet. Well, you know, and I, I, I'm going to rib you a little bit about your University of Texas orientation, because I used to work for Dell for many years, uh, and uh, my favorite Tex-Mex restaurant is still, even though I'm in the Bay Area, is a place called Papacitos, which I'm sure you've been there on I-35. There's one, there's a couple in Houston as well. They're all over Texas, but uh, great Tex-Mex food. Let's go into, let's go into the, uh, the data itself, because I really find this very interesting because this is actual research um, that you pulled together from your, um, from your, from your BSPs. That's what to me is fascinating about this. This is not you pulling research at a left field. This is research that's really based in real life data with your clients. Yeah, absolutely. So just a little bit of background and context to this. In, in my role at Calix and in, and within the industry, talking to broadband marketers, we often talk about the subscriber experience, the importance of subscriber experience, 
the experience that we have from our service provider. And yet, despite all of this focus and energy on subscriber experience, there was no real accepted definition of what that actually meant or how you might measure it. So we literally convened a, a marketer summit. We found some of the, the best and brightest broadband marketers in the industry. We convened a summit with those marketers and literally that team crowdsourced a definition for what a subscriber experience is and how you could actually measure it. So it's not necessarily research that Calix did. This is literally research directly from broadband marketers in the industry. We're just capturing what they're saying and playing it back in an ebook. Right. And, and I'll tell you what's uh, really uh, compelling about that is that I agree with you that you know people throw, throw around phrases like subscriber experience, but that's a very you know, macro 50,000 foot uh, statement. The fact that you now have got some data that you can help define that and wrap your arms around it, I think is really, really interesting. And of course, we want to talk about what are the, what are the big takeaways? You know, what are the big um, you know, care abouts that you pulled away from that data? So let's go in that, uh, go into that and talk about uh, what differentiates. I'm going to move out of the way a little bit here so that people can see it. What is, what, what, what do we mean? What do we mean or what do you mean? Or what does Calyx means when they talk about a differentiated subscriber experience? Yeah, so what we're talking about is a subscriber experience that is unique between the subscriber and the service provider. So when you start to break it down, uh, you know, it kind of comes in a couple of different flavors, but there was three big uh, revelations that came out of it. One was sell your subscribers the services they truly want. Don't try and sell them, uh, you know, say a triple play when they've told you they don't have a TV or they don't have a phone in the home. Sell them the services they want and then speak the language of your subscribers. If they're a gamer, work from home, a parent, relate to them in a way that's much more meaningful, how they're actually using the service, what is meaningful to them about the service. And then lastly, if you embrace that, you will be indispensable to the subscriber. Uh, what you'll really do is build a brand and a reputation with that subscriber as somebody who cares and provides valuable needed services. Well, and that's so important because even I know that BSPs, especially the, the BSPs that, that Calix tends to cater to, they're looking for long lasting relationships. They're not looking for a transactional uh, relationship where, uh, where a subscriber may only be working with them, you know, five or six months. They're looking for a multi-year engagement and becoming in indispensable, and I love that word, is a very important part of that uh, that value proposition. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what you don't want to have to do is win subscribers back over and over and over again. What you want is a customer for life. Yes, and as and as, as we both know, once you lose a subscriber, it's very expensive trying to get them back. You know, from it a sure cost is, standpoint. Yeah. You know, so that's a very very interesting point here. So let's, there's a lot of words here. Um, I don't expect you to go through every bullet here, but um, talk to us a little bit about, you know, what you broad, at least based on the the the, uh, the research that you pulled together with this report, what do broadband, uh, broadband subscribers want? What, what, what are they telling you they want? Yeah, I think, uh, I think what they're really telling us they want is they want honesty and they want authenticity. What they're not wanting is, uh, an, an offer with a really competitive price and then a paragraph of fine print this long. What they don't want is to sign up for one service only to find out in 90 days they have to sign up for something else because that was just a, an opening offer. 
And I think what they're also really wanting is service that just works. Or if it doesn't work and they call and they need service, the person speaking to them understands the problem, can action it, and help resolve it as quickly as possible. At the end of the day, I think people just want to be treated like a human whose business matters. Well, and, and the other thing I think is interesting on here, maybe we could talk about this for 30 seconds. You know, uh, consumers, homeowners, you know, they're dealing with all kinds of um, entities that they're subscribing to. They have many, many different relationships when they're running a home and they have an entertainment center and they uh, they have a television set and they're now working at home. They had you know, more excitement to their lives. And I like this notion that the that subscribers are really looking for a frictionless experience. So let's talk about that element because I really think that's an exciting thing to me. I just had an experience with American Express on a credit card matter I had, I can tell you it was not frictionless. <laughs> I had to talk to 14 different people to get the, the problem solved. So wh what do you mean by frictionless? And how does how does the BSP see that as kind of a helpful uh, kind of asset? Yeah, so let's, let's talk about that for a second. So frictionless experience, think about some of the reasons why you might be calling your service provider. Um, maybe uh, your internet's slow or it's not working. Uh, maybe you need to set up a guest network. Maybe you forgot your Wi-Fi password. Most of the subscribers really just want to be in control of that experience themselves. So uh, using something like an app that controls your home network uh, mm -hmm. allows you to confirm, yes, my internet service is indeed off, or my device is not connecting correctly, and I can see that in the app. Um, or I can just set up my own guest network or change my own Wi-Fi password. I don't need to call somebody else and have them do that for me. I'm now in control of my own destiny. I love that phrasing, control of your own destiny. I wish I could claim that was true of my engagement with a lot of different companies, but I, I think that's a, that's a big message because I think sometimes um, subscribers, consumers, homeowners, whatever you want to call them, they tend to be, they, they tend to feel sometimes they can be taken advantage of. And I think that what you're saying here basically is that you have to put the customer first and they have to have this kind of, they have to have, they have to know that the company they're dealing with has their backs. And I, I just think that's a terrific message to, um, to drive to. Let's talk about, you know, why define the subscriber experience? When, why does it make sense? Why is it important here? And again, we don't have to go through this entire slide, but it's an important piece because, you know, why you define it makes it relevant. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so let's back up and look at the big picture here a little bit. In most industries, a subscriber experience or a best practice tends to be defined by the industry leaders. The biggest, best, richest leaders within an industry will set the standard for what a best practice is or a subscriber experience is. I don't think we can say that about the broadband industry. So mm -hmm. we couldn't look to the leaders to do this for us. What we needed to do was look to our peers and our colleagues and almost have a grassroots effort to say, we think there is a subscriber experience that needs to be defined here. So that was really kind of the starter right there. Like we couldn't look to anyone else to do this for us. Our leaders weren't going to do it. We had to do it for ourselves. And then once we were able to get to that experience, the important thing starts to, to, to take hold, which is now I have a common standard that I can learn from. So if I want to uh, network with my broadband marketing peers and I want to share best practices, we're now speaking the same language. So if I want to learn how to launch a new product or if I want to learn a new technique or a new marketing campaign type, 
I have a whole group of peers out there that I can network with, share best practices, share ideas, because we're all speaking the same language and we're all measuring things in the same way. We can't necessarily say that's happening now, but if we adopt the standard and we follow that, not only can we get better, but we can get better faster. Mm. And, and what I find really interesting here is that, you know, one of the reasons you have about why you should define, why it's important to define the subscriber experience is this whole notion that customers don't have cookie cutter profiles. And I find that, you know, unfortunately, and you could say that about a variety of different services and, 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 and capabilities that, that uh, today's modern customers are involved in, they tend to be, they think they're being treated um, in a very standard type of way when, especially at the home level, you know, every um, broadband subscriber has different needs and 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 requirements and uh, uh, and workflows and entertainment profiles. And what you're saying basically here is that, that defining that experience is a recognition of that fact, and it makes for a better customer experience. Correct? That's absolutely right. So we're we're all different and unique in our own ways. But I work from home, so I just want to make sure that if I'm on a Zoom call or I'm having an important meeting. I have the ability to prioritize that device and that application over all other things in the home. When my kids were younger, I really struggled to control some of their internet habits. I didn't know how long they were online. I didn't always know what websites they were visiting. I needed to be more in control. My service provider didn't give me the tools that I needed to be able to do things like that. So that is where you know we start to want to get rid of some of these cookie cutter profiles. We're not buying a speed. Uh, what we're buying is a service and the service needs to reflect the use uh, that we expect to get out of it. So if we're a parent, we want parental controls. If we're work from home, we want uh, device prioritization. So just trying to think a little bit about who the customer is, what's important to them, and then deliver the services uh, that that will mean the most to them. And, and, and we, you know, you know I've, and I have talked about this offline before, but a BSP that defines your value proposition to a subscriber as purely as speeds and feeds, I have the fastest internet or, you know, everything is about speed. That's probably a, a value, a battle you can't win because everybody today for the most part offers, you know, pretty, um, uh, pretty compelling internet speeds. And you have to really wrap other value around that to, 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 uh, to permeate that relationship with that subscriber. So this whole notion about everything is about speed Speed's becoming, I'm not saying it's unimportant. I, I don't want to say that. But at the end of the day, it's becoming much more of a kind of like dial tone that you, 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 know, you expect your BSP to be able to provide that. Now tell me what, what other things you can, you can do for me as a homeowner that creates that kind of immersive experience um, from, an, uh, from an internet provider standpoint. That's right. It's, it's probably fun to say you have super fast internet or you've got two gigs worth of service. But really <laughs> at the end of the day, what does that mean exactly? Uh, you know, it just means that you have a lot of bandwidth. And to me, it's becoming a little bit of a commodity. Uh, you know, when you go out and buy a car, uh, you know, they don't sell sell you the car saying, this is the fastest car that you can possibly get, or this is the slowest car you can possibly get, or this is the mid-speed car that you can get. They're selling you the car, you know, it's got four doors, or it's got two doors, or it's sporty, or it's got cargo space, or, uh, you know, it's very fuel efficient. You know, they're selling you the car based on the attributes that are important to you. They're not solely focusing on just how fast the car can go. 
No, that, that's a great analogy because I don't know many, many people. There are, you know, if you're a race car driver, you probably care about sure. buying a car with the top speed, but that's 1% of the market, if 1%. 1%. So yeah. no, I, I think that analogy is terrific here. Now let's kind of flip the conversation over here uh, to, you know, more of a, a, a quantitative um, discussion and this whole notion of how BSPs measure success, because the, especially the BS, uh, BSPs that, you, that Calix tends to deal with, they don't have a lot of resources. They have to allocate the very finite amount of resources they have in a very careful way. And they really can't get involved in a situation where they're experimenting with a lot of different things and not knowing what the return is. So let's talk about how the BSPs typically measure success in the way they manage their business, their businesses. Yeah, so once again, this came from the, the broadband marketers in the room. Uh, they were telling us, this is how we're going to, to measure this going forward. So churn rate was pretty much a universal. Everybody measures churn, but it can be a little bit of a rear-facing metric. It's not, uh, it's not necessarily going to tell you much other than how many customers perhaps you've lost. Um, but it's still important to measure. Where it really got interesting was when we started to lean into measuring customer satisfaction or net promoter score. And we, we polled the room, a little more than half of those uh, who participated had already implemented a net promoter score uh, to measure customer uh, satisfaction and subscriber experience. And of those that had not, about half of those said they were talking about implementing it. So I think increasingly we'll see our broadband service providers uh, adopting net promoter score to measure uh, sort of subscriber experience. And a net promoter score, just a really quick recap, it just basically, it, it asks only a few questions and it's really just asking that subscriber, would you recommend this service to a friend or a family member? And, and then they kind of give you a one through 10 response on that. And you can see nines and tens are promoters. In general, within the broadband industry, the net promoter score can be anywhere from negative six to about 20. So pretty tepid support, um, you know, in general across the industry. However, some of the marketers that we had in the room that were sharing this information with us, they had net promoter scores of 80 or 90, very, very high. Well, and and I have to say, at, at the uh, multiple Calix events I've attended, uh, you know, the, you know, using these type of metrics helps Calix understand are there tools and offerings being effective in terms of aiding their these uh, the businesses of these BSPs. And constantly, you know, you see a lot of data that is is just interesting to show in terms of you know BSPs being able to raise their scores from A to B, and it shows they're making progress and they're trending in the right direction. But it also helps Calix at the same time because you're always fine tuning your offerings. You know, you don't have a kind of a a menu of solutions and platforms that stay static forever. They have to evolve and they have to change based on what um, BSPs are looking for. So you're, I think. Uh, you know, doing this in a very uh, uh, quantitative way, I think, makes a lot of sense. And I know that probably has a lot of appeal to BSPs. Any final it thoughts does. on that? I do. And one of the one of the things that stands out when you look at, at Net Promoter Score, um, one of the observations is, as you continue to offer your subscriber new services and new experiences, they're delighted to receive it and it keeps the score higher. So in effect, what you're saying is, when you continue to innovate, when you continue to offer new things, you're going to find that your customers are happier with you. If uh, if I went to the same restaurant every day and they brought me the same tired 
uh, pancake every single day and they never they never maybe shook it up or like added something different. Eventually, as much as I like the pancake, I'm probably going to get a little tired of it. But, you know, if they start to maybe offer me different flavors of syrup or more pancake or bacon on the side, you know, there's all kinds of different ways to keep that lively and innovative so that you continue to appreciate what it is that they're bringing to you. Neil, thank you for making me hungry at, at uh, let's say, at 2.30 in the afternoon, 3 o'clock in the afternoon here. You know, I didn't need that, but thank you for that uh, that that uh, imagery of food. You know, before we conclude the podcast, I do want to get to and, and, and provide some color on the subscriber experience tools that Calix provides, because, and, then, and this is a very macro level view of what those tools are, but they are some really stunning tools that really are very effective and really have lots of traction. It recognizes the, the profiles of the typical BSP in terms of their size, their stature, in, in terms of they don't have all the resources they possibly need to market and execute. Many of these uh, uh, BSPs, they wear multiple hats, the people that are there. So it's, it's important to have these tools that are very easy to use and really can move the needle from an experience standpoint. So let's talk a little bit about them because I think it's important. Yeah, so when we talk about some of these services that you could be offering your subscribers, uh, these these are these are some of the services that Calix has identified, and we offer them as a managed service, meaning uh, you're you're going to take on the service uh, and you will provide it to your subscriber, and you will you will take care of uh, the subscriber throughout that process, and then in turn, Calix is really offering it as a managed service back to the the service provider. So what we're trying to do is eat all of the complexity on behalf of the service provider and the subscriber and just cut to the chase and give them value. So when we talk uh, about some of these, I'm going to start on the upper left hand. Command IQ is a subscriber home networking app. It puts the subscriber in control of their home network so they can change passwords, add guest networks, check connectivity, uh, and have some very basic parental controls. Um, kind of moving to the right across the top, Experience IQ is a way to have enhanced parental controls and enhanced device and application prioritization. So it's sort of a sort of a deeper dive in that. It's ideal for uh, families with young children and uh, and and people who are working from home where there's lots of bandwidth usage in the house. Protect IQ, we really believe is uh, is for everyone. Every single subscriber should know that every single device connecting to the internet in their home is protected from cyber threats. And that's what uh, Protect IQ is, cyber security uh, intrusion. The, the applications across the bottom represent partnerships that come fully integrated within the Calix platform. Arlo connected cameras offer great peace of mind um, and also can just uh, you know, provide insights if you've got a second home. Uh, you know, is everything okay? Or uh, I have a parent and they're aging, so I can put up a camera and make sure that they're there. Or I can just have general security around my house uh, with cameras. Bark is for families uh, with children that are a little older, maybe on their own phones and their own devices. And it offers social media uh, and monitoring software so that you can identify if cyberbullying is taking place or harmful threats are occurring uh, within that ecosystem. And then lastly, Servify Care is a device and warranty protection program. So every year, more and more devices appear in the home. Um, this is a way to streamline all of that through the service provider and offer uh, protection insurance at a cost far lower than you would get if you were insuring every single device one at a time as you bought it from the big box retailer. 
And, and I will tell you before we leave this slide, because we only have a couple of minutes left here, is I love the relationship you guys have with Arlo. I mean, there's a lot of security cameras on the market and a lot of you know good companies. Arlo is probably the best of the best in terms of the technology they offer and the capabilities and the fact you're making that a kind of an integrated element of your overall strategy um, and uh, from an experienced tool standpoint, I think it's a big deal, you know, just given the caliber of who Arlo is. Yeah, thank you for that. And one of the things that's important with all these managed services for our customers, we want our customers to differentiate themselves with these tools uh, and these managed services. So Command IQ can be fully customized and branded by the name of the service provider. Uh, you know, if you're differentiating your service offerings, it's important that you also be able to personalize it as well. So that's an element that's baked into all of these. Well, again, thanks for spending the time on the on the podcast today, Neil. This was great. Um, obviously, you can go to the Calix website and get uh, a much deeper dive on everything that we've discussed today. But really, thank you for taking the time to join me for today's uh, session. For our viewing and listening audience, thanks for making the Smart Tech Check podcast part of your day or commute. Please make sure that you hit the like and subscribe buttons at the end of today's podcast. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Mark Vina Tech Guy. And until next time, have a great week. Thanks, Neller. Thank you. Thank you.